Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,232. Think bigger and be better. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hey, this is Mark Green. Join me at the Classic Auto Show in Costa Mesa, California, this March 16th and 17th at the Orange County Fair and Event Center. I'll be the Celebrity Stage MC conducting live interviews with past Cars Yard guests, including Adam Carolla, the Grand Marshal, Dave Kindig from Bitchin' Rides, Wayne Carini from Chasing Classic Cars, Mark Warman from Graveyard Cars, Mike Finnegan from Roadkill, Bogey from All Girls Garage, Big Mike, Import Tuner and Builder, and Lynn St. James, an iconic race car driver. I hope I'll see you at the Classic Otter Show. For more information, go to theclassicottershow.com. That's theclassicottershow.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from on the road in SoCal. It's Big Mike. Hey, Mike, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am very much so. It's, uh, I'm excited. Let's, uh, let's do it. I'm excited, too. Big Mike has grown to become a household name and icon in the import automotive culture. As a show judge and event MC, he travels across the United States and around the globe, participating in major events. As a journalist, he contributes to a multitude of online and print automotive publications representing the compact tuner industry. He sits on SEMA educational panels, inspiring a new generation of enthusiasts, Mike was born and raised in Southern California, and in 2005, his first feature appeared in print. Since then, he's built numerous cars, earning awards and placement on renowned magazine covers and within their pages. He competed in the SEMA Battle of the Builds and earned a top 10 finalist position. No doubt you've seen him on Discovery TV, in front of the camera, and behind the scenes as an integral part of the import culture. And by the way, Big Mike will be on the celebrity stage while I'm down in Costa Mesa at the Classic Auto Show, and I'm going to get to interview him in person there. If you want to join us, be there on March 16th and 17th. You can find out more about the Classic Auto Show at ClassicAutoShow.com. So, Mike, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Before I jump into the questions, would you take a brief moment and catch us up on your world, your career, and your passion for automobiles? You know, it's it's really just a thing where as cliche as it is, it's a dream come true. I was just a kid growing up in Southern California and uh, being around cars was just natural. And over time, it got to a point where I uh, aspired to have my own and, and be like uh, the people and, and the cars and the magazines that I grew up reading and the, the aisles of the grocery store and whatnot. And at some point in time, it just got to a point where the cars were in the magazines, then on the cover of the magazines. And um, and then writing and contributing to the magazines, uh, you know, winning awards. And, and over time, it, it just sort of evolved into uh, a situation where, you know, you have to embrace the, the fact, whether you wanted it or not, that people of all ages within my world were looking to me for guidance and inspiration. So, you know, as they say, with great power comes great responsibility. And, and I chose to embrace it. As much as I would very much prefer to not be in front of the camera, you know, con- contributing behind the scenes is nice and creatively and whatnot. But 
at some point I just embraced it. Enough people and companies were telling me to to just be open minded to doing that. And so I did. I looked within myself and said, let's give it a shot. And it's it's pretty ridiculous how it's evolved to the point where, you know, I travel across the globe and judge various car shows and host events and make appearances and and get to experience the import car culture that I'm a part of, but uh, experience it in a very, very global way and all the subcultures and different styles and people within. So it's an amazing thing. And all of that led to the creation of my company and brand, the Think Bigger Project, which is, um, so actually, ironically, it ended up being not about cars. It's bigger than that. It's how we think is how we treat others, how we conduct business, how we build a car. So. It's uh, it's a brand and a movement designed to uh, empower people and inspire them to think bigger. And subsequently, they will change their lives, both in an automotive way and, you know, grander than that. You know what? This story brings a huge smile to my face, Mike, because it's part of one of the big reasons I started this podcast was to inspire other people by introducing them to inspiring people like you. And so you're a perfect fit for cars, yeah. You're a perfect fit for being an inspiration. And you're a testament to be careful what you dream about and what you do because it might just come true. So it's a wonderful story. We're going to learn a lot more about you as we go through the questions here. But first, I want to start with a inspirational quote or a mantra. I imagine there's some kind of saying or thought process in what you do. It's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars, yeah. So, Mike, take the wheel. You know, I don't have one specific one that really, you know, stands out. It's a series of of both actions I've witnessed, uh, observations and and quotes. So it's really just how you think is how you behave. So think bigger and be better is really as simple as it is. You just get your hands dirty. You know, you have to you can talk about it and think about it all you want. You can read about it online all you want. But uh, whether, you know, figuratively or literally, you know, that doesn't translate to anything until you do it. Have you found that with the people you've come across, and I love that concept, think bigger, be more than you ever dreamed you could be. Have you found that lots of times people's own mindset limit their possibilities? It is the biggest limitation. It is not financial. It is not, you know, economic. It is not circumstantial. It is literally your mind that prevents you from doing what you think you cannot do. That's all it is. It's in your head. That's why it's not called the build a better car project.com. It's, it's called <laughs> think bigger project.com. It's about the way you think because that is the one largest limitation to anyone achieving their dreams and their goals is because they either linearly think that they cannot because of, you know, X, Y, and Z, or figuratively, the way that they think doesn't allow them to believe that it's possible. And as long as you believe that you can't or don't have the resources or any of those reasons, as long as you believe that, well, then you actually can't. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it too. There's a great book called The Art of Racing in the Rain. They're going to bring a movie out about this this year, written by Gar Stein, who's a guest, has been a past guest of mine. He lives up here in the Pacific Northwest with me. And there's a great line in that movie, and it has to do with that with we manifest, we become. And the whole Mm -hmm. concept is, if you believe you are a certain thing, you are a certain thing. And that could be something grand and bigger than yourself, or it could be something much less than you ever 
think you could become, but you won't because you think that way about yourself. Oh, I'm not smart enough. Oh, I'm not rich enough. Oh, I'm not talented enough. I'm not, I'm not as good as that Mike guy. I can't be that. And I agree with you. I love this mantra. I love it to death. Our minds are really the only things that ever hold us back. So I appreciate the fact you're out there preaching that and sharing that and, and telling, especially young people, you can be so much more than you are today. And so many times young people are not surrounded with the right people. They hang around with naysayers and folks. And even sometimes they don't have the best parents that aren't supporting them in that way. So uh, uh, kudos to you for what you're doing out there, especially for the car hobby and young people these days. I want to go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a a pivotal moment in your life and you knew you were going to be a car guy? You know what? I don't have one. It's it's my my life and the way I think is a culmination of things. And and in this particular, you know, sense, similar to one quote or mantra, it, it isn't so much one thing as it is a series of things. I mean, I was a kid in Southern California. And at a certain age, I started, you know, wanting to and surrounding myself with the wrong type of people and going in a very bad direction. You know, in retrospect, at the time, I thought that was, of course, what I wanted to be, how I wanted to think and how I wanted to act. And, I, you know, it, w- it would have led to my, you know, I would have either been incarcerated or I would have died. So that's really, you know, as blunt and real as it is. And but subsequently, in the midst of all of that was the import car culture. It, it was, you know, intertwined in a way that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't even know about or, or uh, kind of have forgotten. But those old, the older brothers, the cousins, the, the leaders, if you will, were driving certain types of cars. I mean, you name it, just kind of across the board. It wasn't one type, but certain ones stood out. And, you know, I, I wanted to have something like that. It looked cool. It sounded cool. They, they performed uh, cool and, and all those types of things. And as a kid, I looked up and I said, that's what I'd like. And as I got older, you know, whether it be aesthetics, whether it be circumstances, they kind of narrowed it down to like a subset. And, and then I just started focusing on that. And in this particular case, it ended up being Hondas. And so that's kind of what I focused on. And, and from there, I feel very blessed that the circumstances and the way I was, uh, I was thinking slowly allowed me to uh, have that become much more than a hobby. And it evolved into a very much a part of who I am. And, and, you know, it led to where we are right now. So you say in a way, the car culture, the import tuner culture in particular, in a way saved you. Uh, Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. That's so cool. Absolutely. The reason I put it that way is I, I want some listeners out there to realize the importance of getting young people interested in the car hobby, because my experience is usually, and you could tell me better than perhaps because I, I had a really wonderful childhood, super supportive parents, didn't grow up in an area where I had very many uh, people trying to sway me out of uh, good things into bad things. But it's really important to realize that not all young kids have great peers. They have great parents behind them. And lots of times when you're heading down a wrong path, it's because your focus is in the wrong place, right? Yes. Well, the thing about it is, is that even if someone didn't grow up in a, a literal economic, you know, monetary environment, which which was inhibiting, even if it, even if that isn't it, you have people who will search out or want to be something that they they see, even if they're not surrounded by it. And that is further amplified to 
you know, the upteenth degree by the internet. So you have the internet, which is the source of the most, it's the most powerful tool ever in the history of mankind. We're walking around with supercomputers in our pocket that happen to also be a phone. It's not the other way around. People think it's a phone with a computer on it. They're not. They're computers, supercomputers with, that just happen to be able to call people. And what it is, is that the internet, if you do not expand your your way of thinking which would then expand the types of things that you read or allow to enter your eyes and your ears the internet is the most dangerous thing i've ever seen in my life because you can be wealthy uh you can be poor you can be in a first world country or a third world country but your perspective of life of anything in life around you can be 100% entirely incorrect because you've allowed yourself to just sit in a tunnel of the internet and stare at a screen of skewed or misconstrued or flat out incorrect news or information and the laziness that it has has created within people who don't even fact check. So you could take this in, in the in the automotive realm of, of someone who just you know gives you information on a forum or a YouTube channel and they're they're doing it wrong. And you don't know that because you don't know how to do it and you just believe a person. Or you go bigger than that. Mainstream media, religion, politics, you name it. And if you don't learn how to read beyond the bubble that you're in, you're going to have an incredibly weird and sometimes entirely incorrect way of thinking and believing in things. And they're not even real. Yeah, yeah. And dangerous, more importantly. Very, very, very dangerous. dangerous. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I could probably create a whole podcast around that and talk to people every day that uh, the dangers of that world, despite the benefits of that world. But uh, I appreciate you bringing that up. Well, let's talk about you for a minute and talk about your life as an entrepreneur and what you're doing and talk about the challenges and failures. And I want you to pick one that really kind of pushed you to a point. Walk us through what that was. But more importantly, what did it teach you? So you could look beyond that and grow and expand your career and your reach to people. Well, you know, the, like we talked about, the, the circumstances in life that led up to the creation of the Think Bigger project as a brand and as a company, it's just from me looking around and observing what was going on around me. And I realized, you know, back to the Internet, it's the source of so much information and misinformation, positivity and, and, you know, the idea of thinking bigger isn't, you know, something that I created. Motivational speakers and inspirational quotes and all of that stuff. I mean, that's been around, you know, forever. And the Internet has this section of it where you can surround yourself with inspiring people and words and, and, and quotes and content. But at the same time, there's all the negative content and people and hatred and ignorance and, and which is applicable to, you know, anything and everything. So. It was just the idea that I was seeing so much negative content. And I said, I can't actually complain about this if I don't do something about it. It would just be a combination of, of hearing, uh, you know, incorrect information, negativity, people believing uh, that telling someone else you can't build that car or you can't afford that or you'll never achieve that. And then so, or, or just someone else saying, you know, I just can't afford that or it'll take me too long to build that car, or, or they're too expensive. And so little things like that, ranging from minor to major, are, are just things that built up in me. And I said, okay, well, I can't complain if I don't do something about it. So the Think Bigger Project, the website, the YouTube channel, 
the merchandise, the, the, the movement, the ideology, all of that is me doing something about it. It is me creating something positive, you know, which, which gives me the, the right to then say, I don't like the negative and here's something else for you to, to look toward. Right. And something bigger than yourself that's giving back to others who may be experiencing the same thing and don't have the wisdom and guidance surrounding them uh, to help them note that they can think Correct. bigger. Yeah, exactly. Correct. Like that, that type of that type of of angst and and general discomfort, whether you apply that to millennials or anyone, it's it's a very real thing. And many people have no idea how to put their finger on why they're they're perpetually unhappy. It's because they're trying to keep up with some kind of surreal, hyper real, and subsequently unreal lifestyle that they see on social media channels and, and these quote unquote reality TV influencers and their life is, is being guided by a bunch of nonsense. Yes, exactly. Just nonsense. And so that's why the, the project, the, the brand and the project and the movement, I think is resonating so deeply with people because even if they didn't know it, there was some kind of general, like, you know, there malaise and people were just kind of like, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel fulfilled and I don't know what to do with myself. And and this is touching on that in a very real way. And, and I touch on some of these subjects uh, more profoundly. Um, and, and I actually have a podcast as well uh, that I just started. So, you know, it's, it's really, really awesome to see this, which is established. And you have how many, you know, this is what, uh, episode 1232, I think you said. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I mean, know. that is incredible. Um, oh, thanks. But it's just that much more uh, of, of, of voluminous content that's positive to yeah. reach so many people. So it's a beautiful thing. And I feel really blessed to be able to be here with you. That's kind of you, brother. I feel good. You made me put a big smile. I already had a big smile on my face, but it just got a little bigger. I appreciate the kind words. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about cars a little bit more here. And I want to talk about your first really special vehicle. Now, this could be your first car or be your first build. But some kind of a first in the automotive world that has a great memory for you and, and share maybe a memory you have about that ride. You know, that, that car would, um, it would be the first car that I had. It was the first one. Um, so it has a special place just because it was, you know, the literal first car, but also because it was the one that immersed me, or I should say allowed me to immerse myself in the, uh, the sport compact import. Tudor culture here in Southern California, you know, the, the camaraderie, the, the, the gatherings that, you know, we, you know, parking lot meets and cruises and, and, you know, you're just meeting up with strangers, but everyone has a mutual love for cars and you're sitting there having a, having just conversation with people that you would have never otherwise met, uh, have met. And so that, that car was it for me from, you know, the late nineties to, you know, mid 2000, uh, you know, 2005, that, that car was the first one to make it in a magazine. I mean, just driving, just cruising through Southern California. It was my daily driver, but then, you know, uh, you know, you wash it and you prepare it to go to a meet and, and see these like rare little parts and stuff that you have on it. And, and that was the one, I mean, it really just it introduced me to the, 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 the camaraderie and the culture. But then when you start to look into it, the intricacy of, and rarity of this part and, how hard it is to get that and, you know, there's some Japanese counterpart, you know, that you want it to get and, and you just have to save up. You're young. And, and it just introduced me to, to not wanting to buy the, the, the replica or the fake. None of that was good enough. Like I wanted to save up and get the real thing. 
and that introduced me to the patience and resilience you need to once you move to an upper echelon you need those to be able to to build some of the best cars in the world you're not doing it being impatient and willing to cut a corner and so that was the foundation so what was the year make and model of that car that was a 90 that was a 92 civic si hatchback okay cool just a little civic si hatchback yeah what are some of the things you did to that ride you know it it came in phases of course because of money and, and and you know, as your, your imagination grows, you know, so there's the possibility of what you can do. But yeah, at first it was, you know, you just end up putting, you know, like I had a sound system and I put a, uh, an exhaust on it and I had, you know, I, I lowered it and I had all these different types of things. And it just got to a point where then I was like, okay, well, there's these Japanese parts that I want and they're really hard to get. And then, you know what, I want more power. So, you know, swapping out the power plant and um, putting, you know, a combination of things like you know a larger dual overhead cam motor and a, a closer a geared uh, transmission and because they're so small and lightweight you know you kind of get introduced to acceleration and how nimble a car can be especially on a short wheelbase type of car like that so yeah it was just, yeah, everything everything and then color change and then carbon fiber parts and and you know uh, you know racing seats and and uh, you know just that was the the, the learning platform the introduction to it all. Yeah, never ending. Those are cool low cars. Correct. Correct. How about uh, how about seller's remorse? Is there one vehicle that comes to mind? There may be a lot. Maybe there's none. I hope there's none. Hope you're one of those guys. But is there one car that kind of brings a seller's remorse tear to your eye? You know what? That would be it right there. I mean, there's 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 a few, but that one kind of since we're on that, that that sort of stands out because it was my first car. There was a yeah. sentimental value to it, and I was young. And you know, after X amount of years, you sort of put yourself I was in a little bit of a bind and I mean I'm sure that now I could have in in hind, you know hindsight's 2020 I could have you know done a few different things and 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 kind of ridden out the storm a little bit longer and kept it but uh that's my biggest one I wish I still had that car yeah yeah I really do uh, it's mm-hmm. the same for a lot of folks well I would love for you to share a little more with our listeners about think bigger project all the different aspects of what big mike is doing with his life right now how you're integrating all these different components. Of course, the automotive part is is cool too. Uh, but tell us more about Think Bigger Project and why it's so important to you. And what has you excited and fired up about it this year? You know what? As we talked about, it's really just the the effect that it can and is having on people. People who are, are, are I'm getting, you know, I get messages, lengthy, lengthy messages from people. And it's clearly, clearly an indication that listening to an episode of the podcast or, or even a design on, on a, on a, on a shirt or me on a stage at one of the events, something, something stimulated and hit a nerve, but a nerve, a good nerve. It, it, it takes them in a positive direction. And so I mean, I'm just excited about the ability to attend events in person because the power of the internet, you have this way to reach people across the world, but nothing beats shaking a man's hand. Nothing beats sitting down and having a conversation with someone in person. And so, you know, this year alone, I think I'm at uh, 16 flights right now. Oh. Um, <laughs> wow. that's, that's where I am right now. And I think there might be one or two more, but presently it's 16. I'm going to the United Kingdom for different four or five different occasions. I'm going to Belgium. Uh, I'll probably be in Germany at the Nürburgring. Um, I'm going to Indonesia. I was at Indonesia and Hong Kong last year. Of course, you have things like SEMA here. I travel for various events that I'm the host of uh, and or a judge for. 
Uh, I'll be in Philadelphia twice. I'll be in Orlando, Daytona, uh, well, not Daytona Beach this year, Miami, um, Boston, New York, Chicago, Atlanta, uh, you name it. So, so my point is, is that these are events that I'm a part of both as an enthusiast and, um, creatively and a host and or a judge. So I wear a lot of hats. I, I, I photograph, you know, I contribute photographs to the super street group or motor trend group. I write, you know, um, event coverage and, and all of these things provided me the opportunity to reach out, both be reached out to and reach out to people in a real way. And all of that is stimulation and inspiration for the Think Bigger project to grow. Like I said, it, it is a, a brand and a way of thinking and a movement that actually benefits those who are a part of it. 100% of the proceeds from all merch, merchandise goes right back into the project. It's, it's, you know, it's not to line my pocket, which it would take a whole lot more for it to ever do that anyway, but it's designed to just, you know, fund itself and just reach more people, give people something to believe in, something to be proud of, that they're a part of. And it would it inevitably and subsequently stimulate the automotive side of things. That's, it's not about cars, it's bigger than that, but that will and is positively going to be affected by the project. So the Think Bigger project is there. That's the website. It has a podcast and there's a YouTube channel. And um, it's just a thing that that is growing steadily. And it's a big honor to be on this podcast, to work with the Classic Auto Show, be up there, be interviewed by you, host the panel myself, to have a place to represent my world to this event, you know, 30,000 plus people, which caters specifically to the American automotive, classic automotive world, and the Japanese and import classic world has a nice small place to, to do that. And that's because of, of these types of things that have given uh, people the, they want, they want to give it a chance to be represented. And that's a big deal to me. Well, it should be. And I tell you, I commend you for what you're doing because Anytime somebody can figure out how to give back and do it through what their living is and and what they're doing has truly figured out the secret sauce to life. And you definitely have done that. And I'll remind our listeners, you'll be able to see Mike and I. You can meet us at the Classic Otter Show in Costa Mesa, California on March 16th and 17th of this year. It's coming up pretty quick. Just go to ClassicOtterShow.com. You can find tickets there. I'd encourage you to come there and hang out with us. There's going to be all sorts of cool people I'm going to be interviewing. Many past guests here from Cars Yeah. There's going to be over 2,000 cars you can see there. Uh, this is an event not to be missed. Absolutely. Well, Mike, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right. 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, 
and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah is now on MAV TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MavTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah TV. MavTV is also available on DirecTV, FuboTV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MavTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Mike, we are back, and I have a very introspective question for you. This uh, is when I put you on my psychologist's couch, and I say, Mike, if you were manifested into a car, you woke up tomorrow, and you were parked in the car as a physical car, parked in the garage, I should say, as a physical car, what would Mike be and why? Uh, yeah, that's a very difficult question in many ways, but I, I believe, you know what, I would say I would be the NSX. Oh, cool. I would be the NSX because the NSX is a testament to with the right minds put together and with a a grand vision and planning and execution, you can create something that is timeless and it's it's timeless because of balance. It's not overpowered. It is that that is still to this day considered a supercar that a 1991 NSX can sit next to a 2019 anything, and it doesn't look outdated. It, it sits right there and holds its own. And at, at its time, then it competed against, you know, grandiose, higher-priced vehicles, uh, supercars, and it held its own, if not did better than they did. And it did that with balance, not with uh, going over the top. So an NSX, there it is. Yeah, I like it. Very nice. Perfect fit. Thank you. Well, we're, you're welcome. We're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that NSX throttle. So here we go. Well, what's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Um, you know, I, I am the type to absorb so many different things, so it isn't really just one, but in, in the grand scheme of life, it would be pretty much along the lines of uh, don't just talk about it, be about it, you know, yeah. work hard, yeah. you get go. out there and do it. Think bigger. Would you share one mm-hmm. of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Before I come up with anything on my own, I would have to say by my faith in the good Lord for being there, there for you me. Go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A nice support there for sure. Now, how about a resource? Is there one in particular you'd like to share with our listeners? I know there's lots of resources out there for us, but maybe one daily go-to that you enjoy? You know what? I, I, can't, I can't narrow it down. It's just one of those things. It, there's there's too much good and bad and everything in between. I would just say, <laughs> read, study, research, read, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah, I would absolutely. say go to thinkbiggerproject.com. There you go. Well, that. that'll work. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. I love it. There's. A, it's okay to blow your own horn here. I'm all about supporting my guests all the time. 
Now, if I could uh, wave a magic wand and arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be? Uh, this is kind of a play off of a word, and it's not so much necessarily an automotive person, but uh, the person that comes to mind would be uh, Nikola Tesla. Oh, yes. It would be, yeah, it would be Nikola Tesla for very, very grand reasons. You know, his, his ability to think. You want to talk about thinking outside the box and far <laughs> beyond his time. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, you know, uh, to this day, the people who don't know how to duplicate stuff that he was coming up with, um, and there's a lot of mystery that's shrouded with that, but yeah, because of his innovation, creativity, and those types of things, he's, he is who I would want to sit and converse with. Yeah. Nikola Tesla, that guy was reaching into parts of the brain unknown, untapped, yes. un- unused, yes. and, uh, yeah, doing some incredible things. Now, how about yes. a book? Is there a book you'd like to share with the Cars Yow listeners? <laughs> Uh, you know what? Yeah, there is. It's not so much. Uh, once again, this is. I think this is one of the the keys to to things is that you can't. You know, you've got to you've got to kind of step out of your zone. And one of the books that that really stands out to me would be a book called um, Out of the Flame. It has nothing to do with cars, but it has everything to do with history and and how and why things are the way they are. And human beings and their and their uh, role in it all. So it's called Out of the Flames. It's by uh, Lawrence Goldstone and Nancy Goldstone. Is their husband and wife writing team, I believe. The book is about history and and theology and religion and politics, but it is presented and because you know this is all real and factual, it is that much more incredible about how things were and why they were and what led up to that and. and how people think and their actions and reactions to things are just the most profound thing ever and has far, far reaching, you know, branches and effects that a lot of people can't see. And so that book, I really, I really, really think if people can get past that, it's a, a book about history and, and religion and things like that. It's not about that. It's, it's bigger than that. And, um, one of the things that's touched on in there is the printing press. You know, we, it's, it's to me, it's the equivalent of the internet. So we think of the movable type as, as the, 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 what launched the revolution of information to be disseminated to thousands of people, right? Well, when you look up Gutenberg and the real history, which is touched on in this book of why he made the printing press, it wasn't to disseminate information. It wasn't to educate the world. It was for far smaller reasons. Which I don't want to give it all away, but yeah. but that's I think that if you allow yourself to, you can apply that to today and the internet. You know, it's this thing where it has the, it has reached and has the most power of its time, and it, that doesn't necessarily mean that it can do you any good or was even created for good. You can you can make it what it is and do for you what you needed to do instead of allowing people to tell you what it's there for. Ah, perfect. I love it. Fascinating book, Out of the Flames, and the subtitle to that book is The Remarkable Story of a Fearless Scholar, a Fatal Heresy, and One of the Rarest Books in the World. So, yeah, definitely a a deep-reaching, deep-thinking book, a fascinating book. I'm so glad you brought that up. Nobody's ever mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, sitting here on my desk as well. I have not read it yet. I've kind of poked through it a little bit, but I need to... I need to open up a read. And it's been around for a long time. I think it came out back in 2000 yeah. or 2002. Yeah, it's been around. It's been around. So you are familiar with it. 
Oh yeah, yeah, it's on my awesome, reading list awesome. for this year for sure. So please do. Now you, please now you do. got me fired up. Yeah, so I've got to I've got to start to crack it open. Got to get through the other two books that I haven't quite finished yet. Here, I'm, I'm a little remiss, but uh, between uh, recording shows five days a week with people on my podcast and now shooting a TV show, I think you understand with your given travel schedule. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little oh, yeah. hard, but uh, audiobooks is a nice way to do that. I'll remind our listeners you can find all these very cool links Mike has shared with us today on his. Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Big Mike. That's right, Big Mike, and that page will pop right up. All right, Mike, we're up to the pretty much the last question here. It can be a bit of a doozy though. Today I'm gonna buy you any cool collector car on the planet. I don't care who belongs to it, where it lives, I'm gonna buy it, bring it to you, park it in your garage so you can have a little fun. But there's a couple rules to this game that make it a little more challenging. First and foremost, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. So if you pick a Ferrari GTO, you're going to be stuck with it. That wouldn't be a bad thing. You have to drive this car and enjoy it. I don't want it to be a garage queen and collect any dust, but I don't think that's a problem for you. And last but not least, it's the only collector car you can have in your garage. So what can I buy you? You know what? I hate to be that guy, but I cannot and will not narrow it down to one. Jeez. Oh, you're hurting me here, Mike. Well, okay, here's what I'm going to do, because I can't let you get away with this. You'd be the only guest that did not answer this question. So let me do this. Okay, let's try to narrow it down a little bit. All right. Can Can you at least think of two or three, starting with a mark and then going to the year and maybe the model? Can you at least get me somewhere close? There are 70 Japanese cars that I would like. I mean, I'm not even, I can't even do this if we do British, if we do, you know, you just, I just can't. American to British to Japanese, there's too many great cars. Well, but, that's what I'm saying. Uh, okay, let's start with Japan. Okay, let's just go there. Uh, I would say, okay, I would say the 90s was the golden era. Some of the, the most well-respected Japanese muscle machines in the world came out then. So an MA1 NSX, uh, you know, a first generation NSX. Uh, a Mark IV Turbo, a Toyota Turbo Supra, and a Mazda FD RX-7. Those three, uh, you know, the newest, lowest mile, perfect condition ones, with those three would be, if I had to, would be Okay, some of well, the ones. we're getting somewhere now. See, this isn't as yeah. hard as you thought it might be. So, so let's the, take... That is torturous. To oh, come on. Calm, <laughs> just calm down. Just calm down. It'll be okay, my friend. So we're down to those three. So if, if we're just talking about today, if those three are sitting, if I buy you three cars and they're sitting in your garage and today you get to walk out and just take one for a drive up the California coast, the sun's out, things are beautiful, the surf is just perfect. If you're just going to pick one today, casual, just pick it. Which one's it going to be? Don't even think about it. Just which one are you going to get in? Up the California coast, beautiful day. I would say for this conversation, a Supra. A Supra. Okay. See, I told mm-hmm. you you could do it. <laughs> I had to push you a little bit, but that's okay. Thanks for letting me do that. I just couldn't get you let you get away with it because you know what? I'd have 1,231 other people on my phone going, how come Big Mike didn't have to pick a car and I had to go through all the pain? So uh, a Supra. Okay. And just to define that, give me the year and model, and model or make, I should say, of which Supra you like. A Mark IV. Turbo Supra. I would, I mean, most people wouldn't want the T top, but I would say, yeah, I would say just because you were talking about the coast, but uh, <laughs> um, a Mark IV Turbo Toyota Supra 
that's what I would, I suppose. I have, I had right. to. Yeah, if you had to, I know it's so hard. It'd just be so painful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, th- thanks for letting me push you a little bit, my friend. I, I appreciate that. Mike, you have taken me on a fun ride. This has been a blast. I really enjoyed learning more about you. I cannot wait to be able to sit down with you and, and talk even more at the Classic Auto uh, Show that we're going to both be uh, attending down there in Costa Mesa. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you offer us, though, a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the Southern California coast in that Supra Mark IV Turbo with a T-top? Um, you know what? Just you guys, just don't listen to people who tell you that just because they can't means you can't just the internet is a tool not a crutch study read uh you know take the vision that you have for what you want to build and do not let any circumstance prevent you from making that happen it doesn't matter if you have to work harder or save up longer just make your vision a reality don't cut any corners think bigger, build better, and you will be happy in the long run, believe me. Very wise words from a guy who's figured it out. And what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and the Think Bigger Project? You know what? It'd be great to hear from you guys on my personal um, Instagram, which is at the Big Mike, T-H-E-B-I-G-M-I-K-E, at the Big Mike. That's my personal one. And uh, home base for everything is thinkbiggerproject.com. That is, you'll find a link to the YouTube. The podcasts are also hosted on site. You can you can hear the Think Bigger podcast, which is a branch of the project, on um, you know iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Alexa, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc., etc., etc. That's it. Thinkbiggerproject.com is home base. That's where you can support with merchandise listen and watch via youtube and podcast and uh let's uh let's reach more people and change the world together absolutely my friend uh, listeners again you can find all these cool links at harjia.com just type in big mike in the search bar and you'll get to all these sites i encourage you to follow this guy what he's doing because he's doing a good thing he's doing a good thing for people he's doing a good thing for the car hobby and mostly he's encouraging and being generous with his time. I think it's great. Congratulations on the new podcast. Special place in my heart, of course, podcasting. So uh, that's very, very awesome that you're doing that. And remember, you can find Big Mike and I at the Classic Auto Show in Costa Mesa, California. March 16th and 17th will be there. You need to be there too. Mike, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Classic Auto Show. Thank you. I appreciate you. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPIC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. 
Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.